Welcome to Out of the Arts Podcast. We are so glad you are here joining us while we talk about being authentic in new spaces, which can be kind of scary if you are unfamiliar with the office culture. We have some fun experiences to discuss today and some helpful advice to keep you from getting stuck in a box. Logically, Amy and I should not be friends. Like, really. I'm kind of terrifying. I'm intense all the time. I have no chill. And Amy, Amy is an introvert. (laughs) Amy is easily overwhelmed by large personalities. And this has been the case my entire life, including when we were, what, 19, when Beth and I met. And I still remember it clearly to this day because it was a bit of a traumatic experience for me. So it's just ingrained in my brain forever. We were working at this theater summer camp, and then Beth rolls in. I swear she got out of the car before it actually stopped moving. And that's probably not actually true, but that's how my memory remembers it because there was just that much energy. She busts out of the car, starts talking a mile a minute. Hi, my name is Beth. Have you seen The Holiday? It's one of my favorite movies. And then she asked us what our political affiliations were. I mean, literally within the first 30 seconds. (laughs) I didn't even have the time to actually introduce myself yet because she's just talking, talking, talking. And for me, who one, doesn't like small talk, and two, needs a little bit of time to wrap my head around new thoughts, new people, new emotions, all of this, the introvert in me, I was just stunned into silence. I didn't even know how to be a person. I went into just like sensory overload mode. And somehow, we still became friends. And not just friends because everyone at camp is friends and you're all working together and living together and you're all 19, so whatever. Like, we actually became really fast, good friends. I flew to New York to do Thanksgiving with her family, like, six Mm -hmm. years later. Yep. I scooped Barb (laughs) out (laughs) out of the cup holder in her car when she got sick. And I cleaned out the car. But in any case, I mean, we became really good fast friends. And now here we are, what, 13 years later? Oh, God. Yeah. I know. And we've started this business together and this brand. We're working together. We are complete opposites. But we also have this really awesome thing that brings us together. And we're able to work together because of things that we learned in our theater experiences and just because of who we are as people. People like to say that opposites attract, but I really think that people just have to balance each other. So not necessarily opposites, because if me and Amy were truly opposite, then we would not still be friends. (laughs) But knowing that we have a lot of similarities and we balance each other really well, You know, that's what really makes this friendship. Make sure to check us out at outofthearts.com or follow us on social media at outofthearts 
for resources and support. So this idea of personal dynamics and being authentic and figuring things out in a new space is something we navigate within arts organizations all the time and outside of the arts. In personal relationships too, anywhere and everywhere we go, if there are people, you are working through this. Building relationships so we do our best work and can still be authentic is worth discussing. Sometimes we end up in teams where we might not feel like we fit. Here are some ways to navigate these situations and feel like you can really be I think you. that, you know, when I joined the department I'm in, the Department of Revenue, I had a lot of concerns about being the weird arts kid because I work with accountants. These are not people that I would typically be having drinks with or have relationships with. <laughs> They're just not the people in my circle right now in life. And so it was really hard for me to feel like I could be authentic. And I know that there are a couple of things I do. And the first thing I always have to do is remind myself that I should be confident in the work that I'm doing in the way that I do it. I am absolutely bringing really cool, diverse perspectives and skills to the table. I'm bringing things that most accountants have not done in their life. And that's okay. It doesn't make one of us better or worse, but I am absolutely worth being in that space and taking up the space that I'm in. So I don't have to feel worried about, oh, if I say this, are they going to think I'm super weird? Well, maybe they do think I'm super weird, but I'm doing amazing work and everyone works through their own strange process, quote unquote strange. So it's okay because I know that the work I'm doing and the skills and what I'm bringing to the table is something more valuable than maybe them not understanding my process. They don't need to understand it for it to be good. I love that. They don't need to understand it for it to be good. All that matters is they are getting things out of it when you're teaching them and training them. Yeah. They don't need to know how you got there. And you would be very surprised, or maybe not, depends on who you know, the amount of people who are in accounting or are in this industry who love to go see theater or love to go see bands or are musicians themselves. Like so many of these people have this artistic little cubby somewhere in the back of their brain. Um, and I love the idea of exploring that. I always would go up to their desks back in the day when we had desks and used them in the office. And we would talk about how, what shows coming to Nashville, what events are coming up, who's playing, what band is in town. We used to talk about that all the time. And so many of them were engaged in those industries. And so many of them enjoy so much of the artistic experience that while I walked into the conversations nervous about being different, it, we're all not that different. We're all just weird humans trying to live our best lives. 
She is an accountant and CPA now, but the reason we met and became friends growing up was because she was in choir and drama club and did theater with me. And she's a talented singer and loves not only theater, musical theater, and choir and opera and all of that, but she's also a metalhead and loves metal. And she's like really into, she lives in Rochester and she's into the local metal scene in Rochester. That's so interesting. Yeah. And so she's an accountant by day wearing her blazers and everything with her nicely coiffed like page haircut, right? But then she she flips her hair and she has uh a an undercut on one side and pink and purple streaks in her hair. She may have changed the color at this point. But she literally flips her hair over, just parts it on the other side and has like a whole new persona. It's awesome. I love it. And just this dichotomy of she lo- she's really passionate about accounting too. She loves accounting and spreadsheets. She lives for spreadsheets. But then she has this like other persona, which is her artist side. And it's so cool to see. That's very cool. And that's also very smart. That's a really nice way to keep your keep your edgy, artistic, creative persona. Yeah. And that's what makes her such a good problem solver. She's so good at her job because she's able to see things from a different perspective and view things creatively and use creative processes because she comes from that arts background growing up through middle school, high school, and even college. She did theater in college as well. They play together for sure. And she's very confident in her skills in both. And that's what makes all the difference for her. It's great to have the self-confidence. We really want you to be able to feel like you can walk into any room, kick butt, take names. We're all in. But we also are aware that we don't do anything in silos, right? We don't live on islands. Most of us are not in any industry where we're doing work by ourselves. It's just not the life we live. So we need to make sure that we can build support within the people that we have around us. Yes. And this is something that's so important to me because I have in the past worked in offices that are really toxic where everyone is only out for themselves and there's a lot of blame and a lot of mind games and all of these things and the work is either not getting done the right way or not getting done well because everyone is miserable and no one can collaborate and then Sometimes the work is getting done twice when it doesn't need to be. I mean, building support from your team is what makes your own personal experience and the office run better. So start by getting to know your team, getting to know who they are, getting to understand how they work. By getting to know your team, you're building the bridge for the relationship to stand on. 
there's a sixth sense thing that happens when you're building these relationships. And there's a give and take that happens subconsciously that you may not even realize. Where in one relationship, you may be kind of the alpha or the one who takes charge. And then you go to the next office and you're kind of taking the back seat while they take charge. And it has nothing to do with introversion or extroversion. It has to do with so many factors that we can't always process all of them at the same time. And this just happens kind of naturally. So paying attention to what's going on and making decisive and informed choices about how to work together is going to, believe it or not, help you feel more comfortable and be able to be more authentic within the relationship and within the office as a whole. You know what my brain immediately goes to as we're talking about this is Parks and Rec. Yep. And all of the different amazing personalities in that office and how they play off one another. And in particular, I think about who started out as like more background characters like Donna and Jerry and even April a little bit who started out like really subdued and April is one of my favorites because she started out as so apathetic and not caring and look at what she became by the end and she was able to step up and take charge I've never finished the show just so you know what I refuse to finish it, because if I finish it, then it's really over. I guess it's been like 10 years, and I should just freaking finish it. But yeah, yeah well, my position yeah. has been that I just refuse to finish it, because I didn't want to accept that it was over. Like, I just want to love them forever. Well, if you're like <laughs> me, you just watch it over and over and over, and they're, they're, they are there forever. In any case, you'll see. I'm sorry, I just spoiled it for you. But not really. I also didn't really spoil it. You'll understand. My point being that April is so cool because someone who took a back seat and was apathetic for so long grew into this amazing leader, partially because of Leslie and her guidance. But then once Leslie took a step back a little bit, then the leader in April came out. So sometimes it's about dynamics. When you start meeting people and you start in a new space, you know, do the things you know you need to do. If you know that you need to sit in a specific place in a room during a meeting because that is the only way that you function, then sit there because that's who you are. Maybe you need to eat lunch outside the building because you think eating in front of people that you work with is creepy, so you always leave for lunch, even if you brought it. And maybe some people think that's weird, but it is not important. So the things that you know you need to do to be the most successful, start with those. I want to talk about something really important, which is to protect your mental health. Because it can be so overwhelming to go into a new place, especially if you're coming from the arts and it's a new industry for you, if it's a new job, if there are so many questions you're asking yourself outside of just stepping into a new office. 
it's so important to make sure you don't let yourself get overwhelmed by it because then you won't be able to learn or do the job well. And protecting your mental health, I am a huge proponent for mental health. I think that everyone has, just like everyone has a body and so therefore you have health, right? You have physical health. Everyone has a mind, so everyone has mental health. Whether or not it's in a good state or a bad state depends on a lot of factors. But it's always there. And so it's so important that we pay attention to it, especially when we're easily overwhelmed by a lot going on around us. Mm -hmm. So protecting your mental health in a new work environment includes setting boundaries paying attention to how you react to things and making sure that you don't let yourself disappear into a new persona or something like that, making sure you're staying authentic to yourself. If you're in a place that isn't accepting of who you are at the core as a person, that's a toxic place. And so you, one, need to work really hard to protect yourself, and two, need to possibly look for a new job or work with your employer to find ways to fix some of these things. But that's the worst case scenario. A lot of places are going to be absolutely fine, and you just need to be aware of your surroundings and what you're doing and how you're acting and making sure that you set boundaries. Yeah, and that can be a lot of different things. That can be not working overtime. That can be, you know, if you feel like your boss doesn't always follow up on things, always making sure you're following up with an email. Because while that might be stressful, you know, you just want to go have a five-minute conversation and be good, they may not do what's right when that conversation. And so then you need to follow up with emails after every single conversation because you need to protect your own mental health. There are a lot of things that you can do to make sure that you're in a good environment, even if there are things in the environment that aren't good. So protecting your mental health, absolutely, boundaries, 100%. We all have problems setting them. You know, that's a big thing I want to say here is that we've all not set boundaries and had to live with the negative effects of not setting those boundaries. We've all been in situations where we've answered the phone and maybe we shouldn't have. Or, yeah, sure, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. Oh, wait, you're burnout? Hmm. I wonder how that happened. We've all done that to ourselves. And we've let other people do that to us. And it's really important for you to know that you're not alone in that struggle. And it is really good for you. And if you are in a situation where they are not accepting of you setting boundaries, that is a red flag. 
You need to be in a place that is comfortable for you as a human. And that is not too much to ask. You are there to do a job and make money, right? So you can live your life. But if you are too exhausted or miserable to live your life outside of work, then maybe work's not doing it for you. I mean, we should be working to live, not living to work. And there's this saying that if you need something done, go to the busiest person in the office because they're the ones who are taking on everything and they're going to say yes and they're going to take it on and they're going to overwhelm themselves. But that's a really toxic mindset. Don't let yourself be that person. Don't let that behavior happen from the managers. There are so many things that can go on. And we're talking doom and gloom here because we want to make sure that if you find yourself in this situation, you can recognize it. But don't get yourself freaked out that this is how every job outside of the theater industry is, because that's not the case. Absolutely not. You can find yourself in a really great work situation. You can also find yourself in a really toxic work situation in the industry. So it just really, again, comes down to personal dynamics and values and how everyone works together and communicates and understanding that what you need is important and valuable is the number one key to keeping yourself healthy and happy in whatever job you choose to do. If you don't remember from the beginning of our chat, we want you to make sure that you are feeling confident in the work that you're doing. Build up your confidence. Feel good about the stuff that you're doing because I'm sure you're doing a great job. Build your support from your team. Make those relationships. It's going to make your life easier and it's going to make their life easier. You need to do the things that are good for you so that you're living your best life. And if at work you're trying to be somebody totally different, that's never going to work. That is just going to end up with you feeling miserable. And last of all, protect your mental health. Make sure that you are feeling good about yourself from the start to the finish. So we've talked about a lot of difficult things today. We would love to hear what you have to say about your experience or concerns so we can continue to grow this community and help you. So make sure to follow us on social media at Out of the Arts or get in touch with us at outofthearts.com. And as always, thanks for listening.